It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. Today we are talking about gun safety for suicide prevention. With me, Carly Kump. She's a community health specialist with Intermountain Healthcare, and Christy Jones, a senior consultant for mental well being at Intermountain Healthcare. Of course, all of us, Christy, are concerned about making sure that our children are safe, our families are safe from guns. And really the thing to think about when we're talking about guns is just how fast they are. You don't have to think twice about a gun where you might have to think twice about some other uh, way to take your life. Such a good point. The, The real concern with guns is that they are fast, fatal, and often irreversible. Um, 85% of attempts, like I mentioned before, by firearms are fatal. Um, they just sometimes, you know, if somebody poisons themselves or tries another method, it might be able to be uh, medically treated or reversed. But the research is showing us that people who attempt suicide with a firearm are not necessarily having a stronger intention to die, but they have access to this deadly, quick, and irreversible method. And people may suffer from suicidal ideation for um, a longer time period, but often there is a very acute or short period of high risk where a decision is made to act on that suicidal ideation. It's often less than 10 minutes. And so any steps that can be put into place to increase the time and distance between that suicidal impulse and their methods, and today we're talking about firearms, will um, reduce their suicide risk. If they can't get into the gun safe, if they can't unlock the trigger lock, then that will um, intervene in that, that suicide attempt. Such an important point that you make. I was just going to ask you, you know, when somebody is thinking about committing suicide, do they often research how they're going to do it? But you just said there are those points where some people in less than 10 minutes decide, and that is really frightening. It's very frightening, and it can be so very sudden and sometimes just just like a switch turns and, and they make that decision and then they take the action. And so by intervening in that ability to take the action, Granted, we're talking about firearms, but even I would recommend if someone has um, someone in their home that is struggling with mental health or suicidal ideation, make sure any uh, medications in the home are well stored and locked away. Um, Remove other options that someone might be able to use to make an attempt. But um, what we're seeing with gun deaths is that a really large proportion of people who um, die by gun death are doing so in the midst of a crisis. So they may have a crisis going on, a divorce, a job loss, 
a bad grade in school. Um, and even these people that have this um, crisis do not have an underlying mental health diagnosis. They're really struggling with this immediate um, issue yeah. that they can't see another way out of. That has got to cause some really big concerns for you in the healthcare business when it comes to what we're going through with the pandemic right now. Maybe, Carly, you could describe how that really changes things and how it changes how you look at things when trying to get the awareness out there and helping people to to make the right choices. Yeah, um, it makes educating people a lot more difficult because before we were able to educate in person um, more often. And with the pandemic, we are all trying to practice social distancing. And so one of the ways that we try to educate is we have a lot of online resources um, on our website. And there's a suicide prevention um, course that individuals can take. There's some other resources that Christy will probably go into more detail um, called CALM, which is Counseling on Access to Lethal Means. And that's for providers across the state. Um, with trigger locks and gun locks, we have been able to distribute those to a variety of medical clinics, including Intermountains, Mountain Stars, University of Utah Healthcare, and any individual can go to one of the Intermountain pharmacies or one of these locations and pick up a trigger lock for free, which comes wrapped with education about suicide prevention resources. And so with the pandemic, we've been able to find opportunities to educate individuals, but it has made it more difficult. Christy, before we take a break, uh, talk about the argument. Well, if they don't use a gun, they're going to find some other means to take their lives. You know, that's so often heard, Maria. And we have found through research that it is just simply not true that if someone can't get access to a firearm, they'll immediately switch to another method. They generally have that method in mind and don't change that. And we have seen that a literature review that looked at over 90 studies found that 93% of people who make an attempt um, will not go on to die by suicide and that these suicidal crises are often really short-lived. And so again, if we can intervene before anything negative happens, it really will make a difference. And hopefully anyone who finds that they want to die by suicide would, rather than making an attempt, we would so encourage that they reach out to a friend, a family member, a loved one to get help and to ask for help before they they make an attempt. Because so often people who are suicidal don't don't feel hopeful, and we want to reinstate that hopefulness with them. I want to make sure anyone who's listening right now has resources if they are considering uh, suicide, and those resources would be the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Just call and have a conversation. The number 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Or you can also contact Intermountain's Emotional Health Relief Hotline at 833-442-2211. And keep listening. I'll give you these numbers again at the end of the program. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.